0: Hey guys, it's Adam. I wanted to talk to you really quick about Buzzsprout. Um, Buzzsprout's a place where you can get your own podcast launched, and you can start today for free. I recently started using Buzzsprout, and I gotta tell you, it's fantastic. I was moving my uh, podcast from one host to another, and I ran into a little bit of a snag, but guess what? Buzzsprout had me covered. They helped me out. They interacted with me over email. It was almost real-time chat, and they got my problem solved within minutes. So you can't pay for better tech support. I think the thing is, with most companies, if you get a good place that has good customer service and good support, you can't go wrong there. And they make it easy. It's not hard when you have the right partners like that and the right support like that. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed, and you can join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get your message out into the world. So really, all you need is a quiet place, some gear you already have. Like me, I'm using my phone right now and a, and a laptop, uh, and I'm getting this podcast out there. I'm recording this, uh, this promo. So follow the link in the show notes, and that's going to let Buzzsprout know that I sent you and if you sign up for a paid plan, it shows that you help support this podcast right here. I would really appreciate it. Hey, guys, thanks again. And back to the show. Hey, guys, it's Adam with another episode of Casper Dog Training Podcast. Listen, I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, thank you for listening on the various different uh, podcast distribution outlets, wherever that is. Um, please give Go to anchor.fm forward slash Adam-Casper and become a sponsor. Um, I want to keep this podcast going free for everybody to listen to as a resource, as a go-to guide, um, as a place to ask for Q&A stuff, and um, I'm going to be bringing to you some of uh, this podcast, uh, which comes from conversations and questions uh, that were directed to me by clients and also by podcast listeners. Um Also, I I wanted to mention Right CBD, Uh, my sponsor, dot com is where you can get some awesome uh, CBD products. They have gummies now that are delicious, and they really help out with uh, anxiety, stress if you need relaxation, or even if you need a little bit of boost. Um, I've been using the the gummies for sleep, which are fantastic. Uh, I haven't slept better in a long time. And I use the pet tincture on my dog every day. Uh, A lot of my clients, dogs that have separation anxiety or are very anxious dogs to begin with, uh, they take it so far, nothing but stellar feedback. So go check them out. If you can um, buy some stuff from them and uh, mention, I I told you. Um, Also, Uh, I wanted to uh, mention about my webpage. If you are in the uh, New Jersey, New York area and you're interested in dog training or if you are interested in dog training and you listen to the podcast and you would like to train with me but physically we can't be together, Hey, why not try out an online dog training class? Um, it's 50 bucks. Uh, you get a full hour out of that, and um, you'd be surprised how much we can accomplish in, in one of those uh, Zoom sessions. Um, it's very easy to do, so I encourage you to go, go do that. Uh, you can do that at casperdogtraining.com forward slash book dash online, and you can either book an in-person training, which obviously is relevant for the New York, New Jersey area, or you can uh, do an online training if you're outside of that uh, little bubble. Hey, one other quick note. Uh, if you should go over to www.anchor.fm forward slash adam casper and become a sponsor. Um, there are a couple different levels and one of them is like 99 cents a month. So uh, it's definitely affordable. Uh, if you have a moment, click on that do that and i would encourage any of you guys to send questions uh to me via uh email uh, it's adam at casperdogtraining.com uh you can message me on the on the uh the uh anchor page that i just mentioned and uh, i think that might uh, might work out well for you guys Okay, while you're on that page, you can follow me on social media. And if you direct any questions to me uh, through direct messaging, just be aware that I don't really have a lot of attention on, um, on Facebook. I don't, I don't really look at Facebook very, very often. Uh, so if you're going to mes- message me, uh, Instagram is the way to do it. Um, you can also DM me through uh, Twitter or you can uh, email me, like I said. So uh, I appreciate that. So today, what are we going to talk about? Um, We're going to talk about uh, directing the dog um, into having the appropriate level of energy and uh, setting the tone for their environment. Um, Basically, what I'm referring to here is, uh, say, your living room uh, or your family room where uh, everybody watches TV and hangs out with each other um, and catches up with each other, that that could be perhaps the place where your, your dog learns that they want to play. And, you know, that environment might seem appropriate a lot of times, but, uh, if you have a larger dog or a very energetic dog, that can just lead to some chaos. So, um, some of the things that I'm going to be talking about is putting some boundaries and restrictions on the dog, but also you're, um, directing the dog into location-based behavior, meaning, uh, the backyard is for where we play. That's where we play or we go to the park and we play there. Um, we go for walks outside of the house. Lots of physical energy is expelled outdoors versus indoors is much more subtle, much more quiet, much more controlled and calm. And we have to make both environments rewarding and appealing to a dog so that they'll understand that, oh, okay, well, I'm in my crate. I'm supposed to relax or I'm in my living room. So, playing a game of, of chase or tag or fetch really might not be appropriate. And a lot of people don't understand that sometimes you're leading the dog into some fierce behavior or active behavior um, inadvertently and encouraging the dog to say, hey, every time we go in this room, uh, you should be looking for play or you should be looking for something that, like that, and all you're trying to do is relax. So um, very you know, very interesting topic. Also part of this conversation is going to be um, meeting your dog with the level of energy that uh, you want reflected. So um, there's a great book called The Other End of the Leash, and uh, the end of the leash I'm talking about right now is the one you hold. So um, the leash is just a, a phrase, but at this point, let me uh, talk to you about this. Greetings and departures When it comes to dogs with separation anxiety is very meaningful. Uh, Dogs that greet you that have a bad separation anxiety, when you've come home and they've gone through their series of panic attacks and and, um, all the the frenzied behavior that they have when you depart, if you return and they're very excited, obviously they're panting, they're pacing, jumping, uh, crying, barking, whatever, If you reflect an excited behavior when you come home, that's going to confirm to the dog that that's the appropriate level of energy and level of behavior that you're looking for when you come home. It's expected. So probably the best part of having a dog is when you put your key in the door and you can hear little feet you know, tapping on the ground in anticipation of you walking through the door. And then when you see each other, the dog, you know, bursts with joy and is jumping all over the place. Well, here's the problem with that. If you have a very large dog, say you have a Great Pyrenees or uh, a a Kanye Corso or something like that, that dog's going to jump on you. Well, you know, you're going to feel it and you're going to get knocked down. And just recently, um, you know, I've been working with a St. Bernard and uh, the, the, the dog is just the sweetest thing, super, super uh, motivated to work and, and do obedient things, but still a puppy, 100 plus pounds of, of energy that likes to jump on you. Now, the thing is, is that there's ways to greet that and encourage the behavior. So when you come through the door after a long day, being away from your dog if you allow the dog to jump on you or put her her paws up on your shoulders and then you have a big embrace or something like that well guess what you're encouraging the dog to maintain that level of of uh, emotional activity Um, they're expecting that kind of reaction um, consistently when you come through the door and then anybody else subsequently that walks through the door is going to be greeted in the same fashion so setting a precedence obviously the people that live in the house and and the family of the dog should understand when i walk through the door the last thing i want to see is a dog that's frantic i don't want to see a dog that's first of all jumping and trying to get into my face because if i'm a four-year-old or i'm an 84 year old when i walk through that door I can't have a hundred pound dog jumping in my face. I can't have a hundred pound dog knocking into me because that's where injuries happen. And that's where a good dog gets a bad reputation. And also a good dog and a good family deal with sometimes some tragedy. You know, because if if God forbid the St. Bernard knocks down the eighty-four year old man and, you know, he breaks a bone or something, now we have a we have a dilemma. You know, we, we actually have a dilemma and it's not anything to do with any kind of aggression. But it does lead to dogs being rehomed or going back back to where they came from or or being sent to shelters. And to avoid that, you know, this is a good way of meeting the dog's excited energy with setting a tone of being calm and waiting for the dog to do something appropriate or leading them into that kind of behavior. So there's a couple different ways we can approach that. But um, I think mainly you have to make a rule and follow through consistently when you walk through the door, you're expecting your dog to do certain things. And uh, certain things that they're not expected to do, obviously, jump, nibble at you, bite, uh, scratch you, um, come off of uh, all four paws and go on to two, um, so absolutely no jumping, and maybe stop crowding you, move away. So this can be accomplished through training. Now. Mainly, I'm training you guys right now, so if you're listening to this and you come home and your dog goes ballistic every time you walk through the door, great, the dog loves you. But the problem is, is when you walk through the door with that energy and you drop through your knees and you're like, hey, buddy, how's it going? And you're going all crazy. Well, guess what? The dog knows every time he hears the key in the door or the car pulling in the driveway, it's time for me to go nuts. And when he goes nuts, he's not going to be able to control his emotions. And you come in with a guest, say your your, your grandparents or your mom or your dad, that's, you know, Uh, older, or a baby or a child, the chances are that person is going to get hurt. So let's start steering the dog into appropriate um, uh, behavior when when you're being greeted. But that's not just the only circumstance. I mentioned earlier that environment can sometimes dictate how the dog behaves, and uh, it's based on a precedence that we've set. So... Say, you know, every time you go out in your backyard with your dog, the dog's expected to play a game of fetch or frisbee or tug or whatever and is engaged that way. Well, you wouldn't be shocked to go outside and your dog picks up a tug toy and runs over and jams the tug toy in your hand and wants to play with you or grabs a ball and wants to wants to be chased. And that's the association with the environment and also the engagement of, hey, I want to play, and this is what I'm supposed to do when I'm out here. I'm supposed to run, I'm supposed to play. I can go to the bathroom out here. These are all appropriate things. We teach our dogs potty training to go outside and we reward them for that. And we reinforce it as they're they're growing and they get better and better at that. And finally it becomes a behavior that's just offered. You open the door, the dog goes outside, they do their business, they come back. Well, likewise, if you teach the dog, play is only for the outdoors we only run around crazy outside and you could start this with an eight week old puppy you you bring the dog outside they pee they poop reward it okay that's fine everybody agrees well why not play with the dog for a minute or two this is also starting to set the precedence of outside equals exercise outside equals elimination outside equals walks and going places inside will be the reflection of that. It's the mirror opposite. So inside the house, much calmer behavior. We don't jump on counters. We don't run across the back of the couch. We don't jump from furniture to furniture. Um, we don't play tug in the bathroom or the hallway. Um, we don't jump uh, you know, on furniture or things like that. All those things don't work. Likewise, entrances and exits. Anybody that enters the house doesn't get jumped on. The dog has to do something calm. And this also fits into crate training and place training. When your dog goes to those places, the expectations f- for that you're setting for the dog is be relaxed. So the reward for that behavior is the fact that the dog feels relaxed and they get to socialize more without being put further away or put behind a boundary so that People and other things can come in and out of that environment where the dog would be too much. The dog would be jumping or trying to play or something like that. So I'm just trying to plant seeds in everybody's brains like, what should I do uh, playing with my dog? Well, you know, you don't want your dog zooming around the kitchen every day. Um, Thinking that this is where you're supposed to chase, this is where you're supposed to play predator-prey games, this is where we're supposed to play tug, or this is where we're supposed to play fetch. It becomes a little bit confusing because there's going to be times in that same kitchen where you're cooking and you don't want to be disturbed. You're dealing with hot uh, pots and pans, Um, you you have to be focused on what you're doing, and you can't deal with a, a dog or a puppy that's bouncing off the walls. So the appropriate behavior in there is go, in, go into your spot, lay down, go to your crate, go into your pen um, because you can't pay attention to the dog. But likewise, the precedence that you're setting is, hey, when I'm cooking, there is no barking at me. I can't pay attention to you. There is no running around and playing because that's not available at this time. My hands are busy and I have to focus on what I'm doing. And then lastly, you know, if uh, the dog's energy level is up, you don't match it. So what I mean by that is the dog's running around crazy, don't yell at it. If the dog's barking at you, don't bark back. Don't shout back. So a lot of times I find people with a dog that's doing stuff like that. You know, the the person's trying to cook dinner and the little puppy's in the corner chasing them around, biting on them, trying to play tug. Because an hour before that, another family member was in the kitchen before the cooking started and was playing tug. So the dog got bored while you were cooking, now decides, I want to tug on you. So the response to that in a lot of humans is turn and, you know, yell at the dog. Well, what if the dog barks at you? Then you yell back, shh, be quiet. And then that's a never-ending cycle. So let's teach um, appropriate rules and boundaries. Kitchen means you, you're you not allowed in here when I'm cooking, let's say. Or you have to go lay down and be quiet. But outside is opposite of that. O- outside is okay. Let's go. Let's play. Let's wrestle. Let's have fun. Let me chase you. Let's play fetch. Let you. You can chase me. Likewise, you know, you go into uh, a crate. The crate. I don't necessarily agree with uh, feeding a dog and giving dog water in a crate and all that stuff. I think crate should be exclusively for a little safe spot where you're. Dog or puppy is overstimulated, and they go in there to rest because that's actually their reward, their calm um, um, behavior, quiet behavior. That's the, re- the reward. Um, as dog gets older, usually they'll opt for that in certain overstimulating circumstances. Let's say if you're you're having a celebration a get-together or a holiday at your party at, at, or a party at your house and you have lots of people, the dog might become overwhelmed with all the stimuli and opt for going into the crate by themselves just to get away and be quiet. So you're going to associate with crate only means lay down and sleep. Place only means stay there and be calm. Backyard equals play. Let's go crazy. Let's have fun. So making these associations, and if you you are very close to very consistent or consistent 100% of the time, the dog's going to be very clear what to do. Now, I mean, uh, when it comes to the outside and meeting that energy and all that stuff, well, I, I, I have to say, you have to expect the level of energy to be there. You can't be annoyed with your dog if every day after you get home from work, you go into the backyard and you play vigorously with your dog. You play tug, you play fetch, you play frisbee, whatever, chase around each other. And then one day you come home and you're too tired or you got a phone call from your boss and you're talking and pacing around in, in the backyard and your dog wants to play with you. So they start nipping at you and they're jumping on you and they're running or they're barking. You cannot fault the dog for that because you've set the precedence that this is what this is for. So if you want that phone call and you want the interaction with the dog maybe delayed, that might make sense to go put the dog in the crate or put the dog in place. Now, I mean, you bring the dog outside, obviously, for a reason. You want them to to eliminate. You want them to do their their business and move on from that. So, you know, be clear of what your intentions are, Um, you know. And I actually attach a hand gesture to engaging with play. Um, I think it's pretty uh, helpful because it makes makes it clear for the dog. This activity means this hand gesture. This hand gesture means, hey, we're going to have fun. We can be wild and crazy. But when you don't see that hand gesture, there's no play going to go on. If anything, I'm going to ask you to do something obedient and use, use the touch command, use leave it, use, use sit down, stay. You know all those things; they're appropriate. So, um, you know, some of the other things too is like um, I always uh, I was always interested in how a lot of clients viewed me walking through the door. I uh, I meet with their dog once or twice, and uh, after the first meeting, really, the dog understands I don't like to be jumped on, and and I won't be I I won't be addressing a dog that barks at me. I won't even make eye contact with that. And the more pushy they get, the more standoffish I get. So meeting a dog with that and that expectation, but as soon as the dog does something appropriate like sitting or laying down, that's exactly when I turn to the dog, reward the dog with food, this tiny pieces of, let's say, freeze-dried liver, and they get praise, attention, and affection. They get all of it all at once. But I don't make a big scene over it. It's basically just like as I walk through the door, I'm making eye contact with the people in the room. The dog's bouncing off of me left and right, which I know some people might say, that's ah, not so great. Well, you know what is so great is that I'm not giving the dog anything they want and I'm showing that I have something that the dog wants. And what I have is I have their engagement but they have to give it to me on my terms and in the right environment. So the environment is, hey, you want to jump around and we want to wrestle? That's outside in the backyard. That's in the park. Do we want to go for a walk or a run? That contain that, that consists of a leash and going outside and going on a specific walk. But I walk through the door. Doesn't mean I want to be nibbled on. I don't want to be licked. I don't want somebody some dog jumping in my face. I don't want barking. What I want is calm, sit, laying down, or just appropriate behavior, being in my presence, but not interfering with me. So, you know, I I, I say this a lot, a good dog is in a sit position, a great dog's laying down. So if I'm walking through the door and I'm new, and the dog walks over to me, wagging tail, excited, but doesn't jump on me, doesn't sit, doesn't lay down, but doesn't interfere with me in any way, that's, that's a really good dog a great dog goes over and sniffs me and then walks over to their place and lays down until I engage with them. So put these thoughts in mind. The more times you do this when you walk through the door on your own dog, how many times can you think of where you come through the door and the dog bounces off of you? Well, if that's happening on a regular basis, a a good way to extinguish the, the, the desire to jump is never respond positively to it. And if there's someone else already home, we could actually use that person to redirect. So that person would recall the dog. So either using the touch command, come, hear, whatever you figure it out, and get the dog to do something appropriate beyond that sit, laying down on their spot. And that's heavily rewarded. And also has the opportunity to calm the dog down and the person walking through the door. So. You know, if you are the dog owner, you're usually not that stressed out walking through your own door. But I can tell you the stress of being a visitor in somebody's house. And you know you have a 130-pound Rottweiler that will be jumping in your face. That dog will be putting his claws on your chest. He's going to knock you down or he's going to try to. He's going to bump into you with his head because he wants that engagement. The very second... He stops doing that and does something that you find valuable. Laying down, walking away, sitting, not jumping. Reward, but reward low. Here's the other tip. that This is a key. I would put an asterisk next to this. Whenever, you, if, a, if your dog's constantly jumping on you over excitement, reward the dog below your knees. So this way, the dog actually has to look down every time you reward them. So they're not looking for the the reward coming from your your hips and above towards your face they're anticipating the reward to come from below your knee so there's no reason for them to jump that's just a a tip in luring and shaping that but I think what's more important is the greeting and your energy level if you're coming through the door like a tornado and you want your dog to be engaged and excited and crazy well the dog's gonna assume everybody that walks through the door that that's how they're supposed to greet people. And that's an issue. Likewise, if every time we walk into a room that has one of their toys, they're going to expect to be played with, then they're going to be confused. They're going to be anxious, and they're probably going to do something inappropriate or destructive to get the next level level of attention. They're going to seek that attention to get the engagement. So they think they're playing. And that's where a lot of people kind of go wrong. They're like, he doesn't listen. Okay, are you listening to them? And likewise, the dog wants to play and you don't want to play. But then an hour later, you want to play in the exact same spot with the exact same toy for the exact same reason. And the dog didn't change at all. You did. So let's remove the confusion out of a lot of this. And meet the excited energy with calm and set the tone for all your subsequent meetings. I think that's going to be important. Is um, setting the tone for environment and the expectations of the dog's behavior. And then also um, that particular moment. And what kind of energy should be reflected in the dog. So that's about all I have for today, guys. Um, Thank you for listening again. Uh, don't forget, go to www.anchor.fm forward slash Adam Casper, become a sponsor, ask a question, follow me on social media, like subscribe, download, do all that stuff on Spotify and all the other, um, outlets out there. I really appreciate, uh, everybody listening and don't forget, Hey, check out write CBD R Y T E CBD.com. Get yourself some CBD. It's awesome stuff. Uh, like I said, I use it all the time and, um, singing his praises it really helps me and my family and my dog too as well as my clients lastly if you guys want some training or you want to uh book me um uh, online or in person you go to casperdogtraining.com casperdogtraining.com forward slash book dash online and we can set that up um Online dog training is fifty bucks. So if you're remote and you wanna, you want some help, you got an hour of my time for fifty bucks. And face to face, we can get a lot done. Thank you, thank you everybody for listening. And take care of yourselves. Wash your hands. Stay safe. And cheers.